Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and we need your help with something. What's that? Keeping our show on the air. As the show grows, so do the costs of producing it and distributing the audio of Real Ghost Stories Online, the very thing that you listen to probably on a regular basis. So if you listen to the show regularly, we ask you to become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. We'll give you even more episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online to listen to in exchange for your support. It's only $5 a month, and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Your support is what keeps our show going. Plus, we'll give you access to all of the past EPP bonus episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online, jam-packed with some of the creepiest stories we've ever gotten in, and exclusively for EPPs, more than 30 full episodes. Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. Without your support, the show couldn't go on. Sign up now to be an EPP, extra podcast person, on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And on today's episode, a listener shares the story of a spirit that began haunting her, but she knows where he came from. If you were to pick what you wore when you uh, haunted, would you consider dressing as a mascot? Hey, there's an interesting idea. <laughs> Little friends seem to be to blame for some inexplicable activity <clears throat> surrounding a baby. And a child finds comfort from the spirit of a little girl. But could she be the link to a secret her parents have been keeping? <clears throat> Those stories, your calls, and more today... On Real Ghost Stories Online, Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi there. Hello, and how are you? I'm good. How are you? I have some delicious herbal tea here by me. Oh, that's good. Tea's always a good choice. I prefer uh, wine, but tea's always good, too. (laughs) I I thought maybe some warm tea would do the trick tonight. Yeah. To try and, and curtail some of the coughing fits I've been having all day. As I think it's allergies. I'm not sure. I don't feel ill. I know our little one has... uh, been dealing with some crap yeah she's so, not feeling good i don't know if there's some of that going on or what but uh anyway yeah i get drooled on so much from her i don't know if it's uh you know she doesn't drool that much anymore oh when when you go on the swing uh-huh. set with her um she drools on me there that's because you swing her back up over your head and she l- there. loves that yeah you, you're always like i'm flying and then she drools on you <laughs> that's what you get that's the only time she drools but yeah but she loves it so i'll i'll, I'll take it okay he's only gonna be that size for so long that's so. true um so yeah i'm probably i don't know i don't know I allergies whatever but uh i will get through the show today with my delicious tea okay uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at real ghost stories online to share your real ghost story with us of course you can also write in on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com so lots of ways to get the stories to us and of course if you'd like to uh to comment give your insight on any of the stories that we have feel free to do so up there on the forum area on our uh, our website at realghoststoriesonline.com so lots of places to weigh in <clears throat> on the shows that are on the uh, stories that you hear uh, on our show here at uh, real ghost stories online it's always interesting when somebody's kind of playing catch up and they're uh, they're they're listening to like a story or a show from like 
150 episodes back. Uh-huh. And then they, they go into the forum and they suddenly just start commenting on it like we did it yesterday. <laughs> and I don't blame them. I love sure. that they're they're so involved, but sometimes it's like, so they they but then sometimes you like get a, asked a real like intricate detail of a story that was not only 150 shows back, but then you have to like kind of figure on average how many stories back that was. Yeah, because we do way more than one story a show, so you figure, I don't know, conservatively, six stories a show. Uh-huh. It's more like probably seven, eight, or nine. Sometimes. But so if you figure that, six times 150. There'll be 900 stories to go. <laughs> yeah, you're not the one that can remember that stuff. I'm not good at that at all. <laughs> so, uh, but we do do our best. What what amazes me is uh, how many of our listeners do oh, yeah. remember some of those intricate details way better than I do. Um, you're good at it. You're better at it than I am. I'm just amazed at it. I think it's 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 a part of our brains that you know it's just like it's like being sensitive or or, or anything else you know there's different strengths that people have in their brains that they're really good at mm-hmm. and some people you know they're sensitive to things some people can really just pick up information and once it's in it's in and yeah. it can be like regurgitated in a very clear precise manner and then you have me who will I can take all the information in and I can pull from it to form other thoughts. Mm-hmm. and base new decisions on it. But if you ask me to regurgitate that information verbatim, I can't do it. You know, I don't know. I, I might be speaking out of turn as far as empaths go, but I wonder if people that are empathic or sensitive have an easier time remembering stories and things that have a tale to them because we kind of unknowingly develop a connection to what we're hearing. I don't know. I mean, I always aced every history class because it was a story. If mm-hmm. you just remember the story and the characters, you know, you can remember that kind of stuff. If yeah. it was just basic memorization of information, that I suck at. I, I would get so screwed up with history class. I, I liked history class, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the stories. But what I failed at was then, because the tests were like, what was the name? It was like the minute details. I could tell you the theme of the story. I could tell you what happened. I could tell you what the actions were, but I couldn't tell you the names of the characters who did what. And see, that's important. It is, but I that's where I I'm I'm losing. I think it's because I was forced to do so much memory work as a child. Like in the and this is just my bullshit explanation. But um from like kindergarten to fifth grade mm-hmm. when I was uh, at the uh, when I went to the Lutheran grade school. Um, I think because memory work was like every day we had to memorize all this stuff, like tons and tons of stuff. When you're like kindergarten, first grade, maybe like two Bible verses to remember a day. Um, but then by the time fourth or fifth grade hit, you had like paragraphs mm-hmm. every night, like whole pages, like, okay, in the morning, go regurgitate this. And oh my goodness. I, I mean, I was able to kind of do it. And I, I I did okay at it, but I don't know if like part of my brain that did that just shut off after I left that school. It's use it or lose it. Because I was so sick of it. It was like, oh my gosh, I just hate doing this. It was so just monotonous and just, uh. I do remember a lot of the things, but I, I think after that, I was just like so turned off to the idea of verbatim memorization yeah. that I just have avoided it ever since. <laughs> and that's why as an adult, I kind of suck at it. But anyhow. 
855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Samantha writes in, hey, guys, love the show. actually just started listening to it at work recently and plan on becoming an EPP after my wedding on May 10th. It's a pretty scary story, isn't it? Hey, maybe someone, you should put that on your registry. You should put down that you want to be have an EPP membership from someone at the, uh, maybe a wedding party can give it to you or something. That's cool. That'd be interesting. <laughs> We could create a little uh, uh, gift registry on the website. Uh, anyway, I've uh, always been really into the paranormal and supernatural, yet skeptical about a lot of things we are shown on TV and whatnot. However, I did have an experience of my own a few years ago in my freshman year of college. I was actually a spirit that used to follow my best friend all over the place when she'd moved into her dorm first year at college. She and her roommate didn't seem to get along, but her roommate didn't seem to spend much time in the dorm for it, to be, for it to be bothered by the spirit very much at all. Anyway, I'd received phone calls from my best friend saying how she'd noticed some things missing from her drawers or moved about in her drawers, and she immediately put it down to her roommate's doing. It made sense in my eyes, so I told her to report it if it happened again. But before there could be another incident, her roommate had left the dorms and became a commuter. It was after this that things started to get a little strange. My best friend had a double room to herself, so she took full advantage and turned the once bunk beds into a queen-size bed, all for her own, and moved things about to create more space for herself. Shortly after the adjustment, I received a phone call around 4 a.m. one morning from her saying she'd had a nightmare and woke up with scratches on her legs. I asked her if she had ever had a history of scratching herself in her sleep, and she said no. We brushed it off until it happened again, only this time it was during the day she was taking a nap. I told her I would go stay with her for the weekend and she felt more comfortable. She said yes and I packed my bags and stayed. During my stay I felt nothing strange nor did I witness anything, anything except a great story from one of her friends who said they'd come to get my best friend from her dorm room from her dorm room one afternoon for lunch and when she'd knocked she'd gotten no response but heard shuffling in the room. She again called out to my friend and still no answer but again still heard the shuffling. Come on, Lauren, this isn't funny. Let's go. I'm hungry. Lauren finally replied with, I'm right here. Hold on a second. Only Lauren wasn't in the room. She was coming back to the room from the gym. Her friend was completely blown away and asked if anyone was in the room. Lauren looked at her funny and shook her head. No. Lauren and her friend went inside and they took a look around in the room. However, everything was unmoved. The strange occurrence has continued, but Lauren didn't seem threatened by any of it. So she continued business as usual while still informing me of anything out of the ordinary that did occur. I finally told her to look into suicides or any foul play in the school and see if a connection could be made. A week later, Lauren called me to tell me that a student who had resided in her room a few years back had committed suicide his first weeks at school. Finally, we had gotten an answer. Months went on. The spirit seemed to follow Lauren wherever she had gone. There was even a moment when she and her father had been having a disagreement and her father went to move closer to her, assuming aggressively. And he was shocked so bad that he jolted back, as if he'd been pushed back by someone or something. Her mother witnessed it all and she too had no words to describe what had just happened. Anyway, moving forward, Lauren had moved into the campus apartments for the summer as she spent the summer taking classes and working on campus. She'd invited me to come stay with her for my birthday weekend. My birthday falls on July 4th weekend, so we figured it would be a great time to celebrate down there. 
as a few people would be having cookouts. I showed up early the day before my birthday, right before Lauren would go to work and got settled. She told me to make myself at home, cook anything I want the whole nine. So I got comfortable on the couch and told her I'd probably take a nap for a little while. She left for work, which was not too far from her apartment, and told me to call her if I needed anything. I spent my time playing around on my phone, watching a couple movies, finally fell asleep. I woke up suddenly from my nap. One of those where your eyes are just wide open, almost like something had jolted you awake. I woke up because I could feel someone looking over me while I slept. But when I woke up, there was no one there. My phone, which I had set on the coffee table right next to me, read no signal, which I found strange because I had just been on it right before my nap. I grabbed it, and upon grabbing it, I st- it started ringing. It was Lauren calling to tell me she was leaving work soon. I told her, okay. I suppose I sounded a little out of it, so she asked if I was okay. I told her I was fine and that I'd just gotten up from a nap. Lauren came home that evening, and we sat down and talked and caught up on things until the conversation went quiet. That's when I turned to her and asked, Have you ever felt someone watching you while you sleep? Have you ever gotten up because of it? Lauren's face lit up with a smile of relief. You felt it too, I said? Yeah. That's what happened right before you called. Not to mention my phone had no signal right before you called. She said that she and her then-boyfriend had similar experiences. He called her while she was at work one day to ask if she'd been home. When she said no, he immediately was freaked out because he swore he heard her moving about in the room, digging for her shoes under the bed. She too had gotten up from a nap one day because she felt as though her boyfriend was in the room, but when she woke up, there was no one there. To this day, this experience has definitely made me more of a believer of the supernatural. Lauren has since moved down from Florida, and from what I understand, any activity has subsided completely. So I'm not sure what it was, or who it was, or why it followed her the way it did. But I was hoping I could get your opinion on it. Other than that, great show. Keep it up. Look forward to every episode, every day. If it followed Lauren for a while, and then it seemed to kind of want to follow you or or bother you for a while, maybe it's moved on to somebody else now. It's playing musical ghost chairs. Yeah, it's just trying to find the the person that it fits with best. Yeah. It's just it's kind of adopting different owners. Mm-hmm. It's like a stray ghost. It is. It is. Stray cats, you know, they it's kind of it's it's just like this. Like mm-hmm. it's like a stray who's ever feeding it. Yeah. Essentially energy or attention. Yeah, that's what I was thinking was attention. I'm not sure, you know, if they just decided to start ignoring it mm-hmm. and maybe it caused it to lose interest or or what. You think there's any sort of food that attracts ghosts? If if you wanted ghosts to come, you know, like if you have a if you want cats to show up at your house, put some cat food out, put some milk out. Is so it, ghost food? Ghost food. No. Something. Like smoked salmon or something. I think capers. It, I don't think that would work. And I would imagine that the you know, the variety of what ghost would like would be as much varied in death as it is in life, but they can't taste it or anything. They don't like the sage. That's different. That's a different sage. Well, it's, I know it's a different sage, but it's still like a plant. It's a smell. It's <clears throat> That's why I'm wondering, is there an attracting one? Is there is there something 
that would attract them as an overall thing. I agree there's probably a lot of very specifics to the individual mm -hmm. that probably exist. And we've talked about that before. Kind of if you're wanting to bring out a ghost, um, sometimes they say to create the environment similar to what it was like in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, visually and, uh, you know, anything. You know, just the setting itself. Um, but I'm wondering if there's an overall scent or something that would lure them in. Kitty food? Ghosty food? I don't know what that would be. I, you know, again, the scents are going to be as different as anything else because scent is the closest sense tied to memory. Sure. So... It could be any random scent, and they get a whiff of it if they can smell, and it's like, oh, that's familiar. Like a universal smell that, like, everyone loves that no one is, like, opposed, like chocolate chip cookies. I was going to say cookies. Yeah, something that you'd really have to be very messed up to not enjoy the smell of. Or any kind of cookie. Yeah. I wonder if that would uh, attract ghosts. Someone will, someone will comment on this. Somebody's going to know something on this topic. Okay. Just like I was joking about the fried chicken the other day. And then somebody's like, oh, well, we actually found uh, some uh, people doing ceremonies with a bucket of Popeyes. Okay. Uh, that so. never surprises me. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. 855-853-4802. Uh, That's our number. Kang writes it. Uh, hello, Tony and Jenny. This is Kang from Colorado. Whoops. I bumped my microphone with my knee. It's your turn to bump <clears> your microphone. Hey. Uh, glad to see you like my story. I'm male. Sometimes it helps to see what gender is telling the story. Anyway, it uh, made my day when I saw your story was the cover story. When I, oh, when, when they saw their story was a cover story. Devil Dancing in Denver. Okay, there was a couple, uh, couple yeah, probably a couple months back, really. It's good. Yeah, it was a ways yeah, back. Interesting story. This part is uh, where Tony talks about the crazy urban legends that he heard, like the teens who found a hook at the bottom of their fried chicken. Hey, I just talked about fried chicken. I never heard of that one. I haven't either. Teens who found a hook? Oh. I don't know. That's gross. But would that insinuate that the chicken was killed by the hook or that there was a murder in the chicken place? Or I don't even know what that one would mean. Or is it just a, a hook from where they are slaughtered? and? Oh. I could see that. Like I've, falling into the chicken? Or something like that. I found a piece of metal and a piece of fish one time. Metal? Mm-hmm. Like a lure? No, like a staple. Oh, that was probably from the packaging. That's what I'm thinking. That was my first experience at a TGI Fridays in kindergarten. Oh. In uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh-huh. It was our first trip to Disney World. Here, here's another little piece of information in Tony's mind that has registered and will never go away, and it's completely useless. My mom got a salad at a TGI Friday's in Orlando in 1988. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and there was one of those, like, uh, industrial, like, box staples in the salad. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was it. That's the story. Then the manager came over, and uh, and they were really kind of rude about it. Like, you want another salad? You know? And they didn't want to, like, comp it or anything. It was just like, so, you know, it happens. Ew. <laughs> like, it's like, that's not a crouton, sir. But uh, I remember Kate and Allie was playing on the television sets. <laughs> this is from the mind of a you just you're a sponge at that age. And like every single thing around me, I just absorbed. I can regurgitate that sort of shit. Mm -hmm. But I can't tell you what we talked about in yesterday's show. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so there you go. Been meaning to write in for the longest time. I was trying to find a perfect time to do it. So to answer why there is such a large 
Hmong community in Wisconsin as a result of the uh, Vietnam War. When the American troops pulled out, they uh, started evacuating neighborhood countries, including a large amount of Hmong that lived there. When they came to the States, they were either flown to Wisconsin or California. Oh, there you go. Excuse my long intro. Let me begin. This was a story from one of my coworkers. You can kind of call this uh, part two to my story since it takes place at the same hotel closer to 2010. It was him, his cousin, his sister, and his sister's friend. They were in the dining area of the hotel when a man in a black suit and a red pinstripe came in, talked to them. His sister's friend was a bit shy, so his sister got the two to be more talkative to one another. My coworker and his cousin started to get bored of their grown-up talk and eventually went back to their rooms. They were playing games real late and were getting ready for bed until someone came to knock on their door. He was suspicious since it was fairly late for something like room service. Looking through the peephole, it was his sister. She came to talk to him to see her friend come by since she left the two back downstairs. It was really late and her friend never came back to her room. A little worried, the three went to uh, accessible areas in the dining or to see if they can find her. Finally, they went to the lobby to see if any staff had seen her. They were about to call the police until the lobby elevator opened up and there she was. She was wearing a towel around her waist and she sprinted out of the lobby. The three gave chase. My co-worker stopped in horror when the towel fell off. He noticed that her right foot was not that of a human's, but a chicken's foot. Even now I can recall this expression as he told me this. He was fairly disturbed and rubbed his arms. My skin crawled as well. He said it was quite, quite uh, the disgusting sight. I didn't believe what I heard either and pushed for more detail. He said it stopped at the culve and... Calf. Calf? Calf muscle. Oh, the calf muscle. Oh, I see. I didn't know that's how you spelled calf. Is that how you spell calf? C-A-L-V-E? Uh-huh. Oh. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest down was the chicken's foot. It stopped him and his cousin in their tracks. His sister kept following her. The cops were called shortly after. I doubt they told the cops what they saw. Even the staff couldn't find the man in the pinstripe suit. When he asked his sister about what her friend left, all she told her was she had to go. She did her best to convince her to come back to the hotel, but couldn't. She said goodbye and ran off. Giving it a week, she went to her friend's apartment. Her door wasn't locked and it cracked open. There was nothing in her apartment. She even went to the landlord and he had no idea she was up and left. Thanks for letting me share. I'll try to write in more stories. Keep up the great work. That's an unusual story. Chickenfoot. I wonder if that was like some kind of curse done as a punishment. Okay. I'm 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 you need to refresh me on how to follow this one. Okay. Um I was kind of taken aback and I think I may have missed some details. The chickenfoot person. Mm-hmm. Was this an entity that they saw and then was gone, or was this an actual person in the story? This is a person that they were with. Okay. And, and it was kind of like a group of them. It was a temporary chicken's foot? I'm guessing so. So there's a group of them. And they, one of the girls kind of saw this guy in a black suit with red pinstripes. Yeah. And, and um, one of the other people in the group introduced them, and then they kind of went off and talked and the next time they saw her, she was running around with a chicken foot. Do you think? I'm thinking the black suit guy was somebody bad. 
like an entity. Well, how much of an entity was was the chicken foot person? If she ran away. But they knew her. They actually, yeah, there was some. This is the one who left the apartment. Mm-hmm. The other thought I had on it was maybe something had happened to her, which they never saw her again. Mm-hmm. And that this was something trying to go around pretending it was her, but not doing it quite right. Sure. Something dark. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of different ways to take this. And the main lesson is stay away from people wearing pinstripe suits. Yeah. <laughs> That's the lesson. I don't like pinstripe suits. It kind of it takes you back to the, you know, kind of the old mobster days. It's 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 you know, just basically what pop culture has put into our mind of mm-hmm. kind of shady-esque characters. Yes. <clears throat> so, they're either, you know, mobsters or they, you know, have chicken foot demons around them. <laughs> Neither of which are good. No, it's a very unusual story. It is one of a kind. Our phone number, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can also write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like the show, please help keep it on the air. Uh, You can become an EPP, that's an extra podcast person, get a bonus episode of the show sent to you every single week, get all the bonus archive material, uh, 30-some hours of it now, lots of it there for you, some exclusive video there for you, documentary we worked on, Lots of really cool stuff just for EPPs. It's our way of saying thank you for keeping the show alive. And uh, enjoy away. It's only five bucks a month. Please and thank you uh, in advance for helping us uh, helping us continue to do this. This thing called Real Ghost Stories Online. We love it. Hope writes in, hey guys, my name is Hope. I'm from Chicago. Called in once before with my first paranormal experience. But out of a, the few uh, unexplained incidents in my life, this one definitely takes the cake. This all started back in 2012. It was my senior year of high school. And my sister and her husband had recently moved out into the, of their apartment and into their first house. The house is only about 10 minutes uh, drive from mine. I was thrilled to have them so close. Little did I know that soon I would refuse to enter that residence for over a year. Oftentimes, I would go to the house after school to let out my sister's dogs while she was at work. One day... I decided to take a nap in the master bedroom before I headed home. This room has very thick drapes and can get extremely dark even in broad daylight. I woke up to the sound of my sister's dogs barking, wanting to be let back in the house. I sat up and my stomach nearly dropped through the floor. There was somebody sitting on the end of the bed. This is the part where it gets really strange, so bear with me. This person was dressed in what seemed to be a dark blue teddy bear mascot suit that's the worst thing you could ever have an entity be dressed as a dark blue teddy bear mascot suit (laughs) it actually sounds more like something i have to catch a predator Mm -hmm. than it does a ghost story and then chris hansen walked in and said hey would you like some sweet tea Nobody likes that show quite like you And did. he was wearing no pants, and he had the cat on his lap. You liked it to an alarming <laughs> amount. It was hilarious. I love the part where he's like, so you're naked, you're running around the house, you're chasing the cat, and you got uh, a thing of condoms wrapped around your arm. What's, uh, what's going on? I was, just, I was just here to make sure she was okay. <laughs> I hope that that thing gets crowdfunded and he brings it back online. 
a good show. At this point, I think uh, this is it. I'm about to be murdered by a psychopath in a bear suit. As soon as I let out my first scream, the thing started to fade, turning more transparent until it completely disappeared. Nobody believed me until months later. My brother-in-law was shoved in the hallway by what he describes as a blue flash of light. I didn't return to the house until my sister had her first baby. My niece is just now starting to talk in complete sentences. Three weeks ago, my sister called me completely hysterical. She told me my niece had been chatting away to something that she couldn't see. Thinking it was nothing but an imaginary friend, my sister asked her who she was talking to. My niece replied, Blue Bear, Mama. My sister and brother-in-law plan on having our pastor bless the house in the near future. If you'd like, you can write. Uh, if you'd like, I can write in with uh, any future updates. Yes, please do. <clears throat> My first question is: Are there any teams in your area where that mascot would make sense? Meaning, historically or current day, is it the mascot for anything around there? Okay, I'm not completely up on my sports. Yeah. But correct me, um, this is Hope in Chicago, mm-hmm. the land of the Bears and the land of the Cubs. So, I'm, But I'm trying to think of... Uh, but, yeah. but bear with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking so much their mascot as how many Little League and Minor League and everything is going to be named after that. Yeah, I, there, there could be a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, high schools... Yes. Colleges. Um, I'm just thinking because a lot of times I, I, I don't think of a lot of uh, mascots uh, in NFL, but there is. I'm looking it up. There's there's Stanley DeBear uh, with the Chicago Bears, and it's it's wearing a purple uh, you know jersey, and it's a bear. Um, what was the other team you said? The Chicago Cubs. Okay. Hello. I don't watch baseball. I'm Chicago. proud that you knew that was baseball. Cubs. I don't watch curling, honey. <laughs> uh, and yeah, there's a mascot there, and it is also uh, a bear, obviously. Actually, it's... No. Uh, and that one is wearing... Yeah, okay. I don't uh, see the name for it. Clark, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, so it could be it could be either of them, I guess. Well, I'm not so much saying those two specifically, but, you mm-hmm. know, when you have major teams like that you have everybody's 10 year olds wanting to be named after those teams well here's my thought on how to get uh to stir it up bring in whatever the rival team's mascots are and uh see what happens i think it's interesting that the little one saw it and that she's talking to it i wonder if it talks back to her i don't know because mascots are not supposed to talk in real life. Right. Maybe she's just talking at it. Can they talk in death? I don't know. That's like the, the they're set free when they become ghost mascots. They can finally speak. If you had to wear a costume to haunt in, what would it be? It's <sighs> a good question. That's something I haven't pondered in quite some time. That's implying I pondered this before. I just I, want I'm sure you I have. wanted to say that out loud because I thought that'd be funny. Um, <laughs> um gosh. I I think I would do something probably like one of my old Halloween costumes. Oh really? Really spooky. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know, like a zombie cone head or something of that nature. 
Everybody would think I was an alien, though. They'd be like, that's an alien. No, it's a conehead. A zombie conehead. I was a zombie conehead one year. That's cool. I had, like, I had gummy worms coming out of my conehead. That's gross. It was a nylon that was stuffed with cotton <laughs> and, you know, put on my head to make it coneheady. Uh-huh. And I just had, like, a, uh, like a, a band, you know, like a headband around to kind of cover up where the nylon was. Plus, it was Wisconsin and very cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it was attached. Okay. Zombie conehead. You? I just want one of the Daft Punk helmets. <laughs> the Daft Punk. Now, the, you too would be confused for an alien then. That's okay. Like, it's an alien. No, it's a ghost. So, not vice versa, because we get that a lot too, where it's like, maybe some of these ghosts are aliens. No, you'd be, it's a ghost. <laughs> just a ghost. Or a Daft Punk helmet. This is my husband here. He's wearing a cone head. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would be so much cooler. Than- and you're breaking it one more time. <laughs> Yeah. I start dancing as a conehead. Uh, Ariella writes in, when I was about 11 years old, I lived in this apartment with my mom, dad, and my sister. It was a two-bedroom apartment. It only felt like one since nobody was allowed to go into my and my sister's room. My mom didn't want anybody to go in there because there was a lot of activity in that room. It was always cold, even during the middle of summer, and even when we had the heater on. Also, when people came over, when nobody was in there. And you could hear a ball bouncing in there. But the worst was a black figure in my room. But that's a different story. Well, anyway, one day, my cousins and my grandma came over to visit. They ended up spending the night. We all slept in the living room, and we... When we woke up, we woke up to the sound of my grandma talking in a loud voice. My grandma can sing and talk to spirits, ghosts, etc. Anyways, we all lifted our heads up to see who she was talking to, since my parents always slept in late. We finally found out that she was talking to the black figure that lurked in my room. After she was done talking, she told what had happened. She had said it wanted my sister so it could roam Earth as a human. My grandma had said no to it and that it had to leave. And when she was talking to it, she noticed a little boy standing next to him. I guess that would explain the ball bouncing. There's more to the story, but it's been a long time. But after that, we ended up moving. Anyway... Thanks for listening to my story, and sorry if it was long. Thank you for sharing that story with us. I can't imagine not being able to uh, to just not go into a room in your residence, apartment, house, whatever, especially apartment when you're in such limited space, and you just have to, to succumb to whatever it is that's there, and you're not allowed to actually use... The, the space that you have because of what that what what could be there. You know, that would just be so almost like imprisoning, if you will. You know? 855-853-4802. That's our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Carl writes in I should state now that I've always been protected from the worst of everything. My family and I have been in several car accidents, though I've never been injured in any of them. It's my belief that this is the reason why. I was living in a trailer at the time. If you could call it more like trash cans latched together with Bondo and plywood. My room was in the middle of the house on the front side. There was a window just opposite my door, literally like two and a half feet from it. A gap existed between the door and the floor. It let light into my room outside the window. was a street light. Then open field for about 50 feet until the neighbor's trailer... No trees or bushes were between the light and my window. 
The window was at least nine feet from the ground. I say this for a dual purpose. So you can imagine the surroundings. I know that it could not be someone or something outside my window. Almost every night while lying on my couch, I slept on it instead of the bed, waiting to go to sleep. I would see under the door a shadow of two legs walk around my door, walking back and forth all night sometimes. As I have stated before, sometimes I just don't sleep. I could feel him walking the hall. I never looked out the door to see if I could catch a glimpse of my sentinel. I never thought about doing it. It was as if I knew he was there and I didn't need to see him. I always knew he was there. And maybe he told me I didn't need to see him just to let him guard me for as long as I live. From in my previous message, I think he stopped me from doing something stupid on the catwalk. That's it for now. Until next time, thanks. That's one of the worst things, where you, you you can't quite see whatever the entity is, and you're just relying on the vision from underneath the door well. You see some light moving around, you know, it shouldn't be moving around. That can just be very disturbing when you know that there should be nothing out there. I've had that happen a couple times where I thought that uh, uh, the, the dog had, had been put down for the evening to, to her spot, uh, or... Uh, you know, just, you know, forgetfulness that, that someone was out there. And for a moment, you're like, oh, my gosh, did somebody break in? Did something happen? It's just, ah, it's Doug. <laughs> She's still out there. But uh, for a couple split seconds, you're just, you know, you think intruder. At least that's where my mind goes a lot. But then you have to, to run the possibility through your mind of paranormal. Could there be something else that's... Uh, that's causing that. Very interesting story. 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can also write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Leslie writes in, I've recently submitted a story. Thank you for taking time to read it. I've enjoyed your show for about three months now. It makes time fly at work. Well, I have another story or rather stories, from my childhood. My father recently told me that when I was three or four, I claimed to have little friends. When I was asked to describe them, apparently I said they were small, but they looked old and were hairy. Due to the description, I believe that they were gnomes. Or dundies or doondies, is it? I don't know how you say that. I've never heard that one before. Interesting. As they were called in Spanish... It's interesting, every um, nationality seems to have different uh, words for that, mm -hmm. like uh, trolls or gnomes or this or that. Um, my dad told me one day, while my mother was at my grandma's house, he was eating with me, and I was dropping food to the ground. My dad then asked, why was I doing that? And to pick it up. I replied by saying that my little friends were hungry. And I was feeding them. He then said to stop making things up and laughed it off. A couple days passed. It was at night. Everybody was settled into bed. I was still sleeping in a crib because I would occasionally just walk around at night. It was not sleepwalking. So in this night, everybody was sleeping. My dad then woke up due to the light in the room and hallway being turned on. He woke up my mom and told her she forgot to turn the lights off when she went to the bathroom. 
My mom, half asleep, said that she hasn't gotten up all night. My dad got up, checked on me, and I was just lying down as I had been put down. At that time, my dad checked all the rooms and hallways, but no one was there. We turned off all the lights and went back to sleep. In the morning, I went up to my dad and asked him why he turned off the lights. My little friends didn't like the dark, and that's why they turned them on. My dad laughed and said I had a great imagination. The next day, I was put in my play area, surrounded by the white gate most parents put up while my mom was cleaning the living room. In the play area, I just plastic toys, no stuffed animals. My mom then left to get something in the kitchen. When she came back, she found me laughing and cuddling with all my stuffed animals. She freaked out, picked me up, called out to my dad, who was in the garage. I tried to explain to them that it was my little friends gave me my stuffed animals, but they replied by saying I had a really big imagination. A couple days later, I went up to my dad crying and I told dad that my little friends were angry at him for not believing me and that they were going to harm him for laughing at them. That is when my dad took the situation seriously and when they moved out soon after. When my dad told me this, it gave me goosebumps. I have no memory of these events. Thank you for reading my story and have a good day. I'm surprised they didn't believe, you know, what she was saying when all the stuffed animals were put into her playpen. Yeah, it's one of those things you really can't explain. No. Do you think that they moved out because of the warning? Or do you think it was one of those childhood things where parents are doing something and it was it was a planned move, mm-hmm. for example... And as a child, then you attribute that to, oh, well, I just told my dad about this and now we're moving. Well, it's hard to know, but I'm thinking they may have told her that it was her imagination, but knew something was going on and was mm-hmm. planning to move because of the activity. Sure. The little little people thing like mm-hmm. that or little whatever, they're not, they're not people. They're always like weird <laughs> gnomes or goblins or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are always really interesting stories to me because I, I, I'm not one to really believe in, I guess, folklore, you know, for lack of a better term. A lot of it, you know, it just it seems it's rooted in cautionary tales. Okay. Um, but then when you have things like that that are um, happening in the realm of paranormal, it makes you wonder, well, were these the roots of some of these tales years ago when they were made up or brought up? Yeah, I mean, most folklore has roots mm-hmm. in some kind of story. Sure. You know, where part of it was actual events. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, leprechauns or something mm-hmm. of that nature. You know, I, I to my knowledge, there's no real scientific evidence of leprechauns existing. No, but there's a lot of cultures that have a leprechaun-ish sure. type figure. Yeah, and that's where I'm wondering, you know, when people in in historical times did actually have these similar type experiences mm-hmm. and then wrote them down and then it just gets passed down and so few people actually have the experiences mm-hmm. that that's where it all began is by some people who actually had the experiences and then it just kind of gets brushed off by, ah, oh, it's folklore, it's, you know, this or that, but then people actually do in rare occurrences see them sure you know it's, it's just it's it's very interesting debbie 
Right, and hi, Tony and Jenny. This is Debbie from Newfoundland, Canada. Before I start, I wanted to say that I sent this story into a paranormal show before, so if it sounds familiar to a few listeners, that's why. Here's my story. Before I was born, my parents had a terrible house fire and lost four of their children. My dad was at work at the time, and my mom was burned while trying to find the kids who were hiding from the fire and the smoke. The oldest one was six years old. When I was about six, my dad got sick very quickly with cancer. While he was in the hospital, my younger sister and I would sleep in my mom's bed. One night, while mom was at the hospital, we were both sleeping in the bed, and I woke up to see a little girl standing by the bed. She was wearing a long white dress and almost seemed to be glowing white. I woke up, my sister, and saw her too. She walked towards the closet and disappeared. Not too much later, my mom came home and told us that dad had taken a turn for the worse and he had passed away. The next day, I remembered a little girl and told my mom about it. My mom burst into tears and said it must have been my sister. We didn't know what she was talking about because she'd never told us about the fire and the kids dying. She never did talk about it a lot. Anything I knew, um, anything I, I know about it, I heard from other family members. When we described the girl we saw, she said it sounded like one of my sister's. They had died of smoke inhalation, and she was just a toddler. They had buried her in a long white dress. My mom asked if we were scared of her. The thing was, neither of us were scared at all by her. The feeling was more of a comfort and warmth. I think this is why I've always been interested in the paranormal, and why it doesn't scare me when something does happen. By the way, here's a video that tells you how to pronounce Newfoundland. <laughs> you always say it wrong. I know, and I, I forgot exactly how to... I, I don't want to play it because it could get flagged for copywriting somebody else's thing, but I will watch it off the air, and I'll forget how to say it by the next time we do another episode. That is terribly sad. That I don't know how to say Newfoundland? No, no the I, story. I, I know, I'm kidding. It is. It's a very, very tragic story. I, I'm, I'm going to guess it was um, maybe the the sister, mm-hmm. you know, almost coming... You know, maybe the sister is the the angel that's watching over the living. And yeah. she was trying to, in her own way, you know, essentially it's two children almost, mm-hmm. um, you know, relay a sense of comfort and, hey, dad's over here now. He's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in, in only a way of, you know, a child to another child could. Sure. In kind of a confused way, <laughs> you know, just how two children communicate sometimes. Well, I thought that might be who it is. You know, I, I don't know the details, obviously, of the story, mm-hmm. but the way they said she went back to the closet and disappeared, that's where a lot of children go when they hide from fires. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made me go there with it. Sure. So I don't know. It's really sad. I, it is. You know, I like the idea of maybe one or all of them being angels that watch over the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. It's a very, very interesting story and a very sad story, but thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Daniel writes in, uh, I'm from Pakistan, living in uh, Oman. Uh, I am uh, 16 years old and listen to your podcast almost every day while I'm doing my homework. So here's my story. Uh, I live in Oman, and I rarely go to my home country, Pakistan. I went there a year ago to visit my cousins and all, so after about two to three weeks of going to family dinners and going to aunts and uncles' houses, we decided to head over to another city, called Mari. This is uh, in uh, uh, Urdu word, so don't worry if uh, you mispronounce it. 
the city was just a three-hour drive. It's one of the coldest places in Pakistan and snows there every winter. We went there during summer, and the only reason people go there is because of the cold atmosphere. So we got our hotel room. It was quite big. There was a small living room, two bedrooms, and one big bathroom. There was nothing creepy about it. Everything was normal. It was late at night, and my family and I headed back to the hotel after dinner. My mom and my sister were in one bedroom, sleeping. My brothers in the living room and his laptop, and my dad and I were in the other bedroom trying to sleep. As we tried to sleep, we started hearing constant sounds of scratches from the other bedroom where my mom and sister were sleeping. My dad decided to head over to the room, but as soon as he went to the room, the scratching noise stopped. We all thought that it was a rat behind the wall, so my dad got back to bed. People usually feel cold or chilly when something supernatural is close to them, but I did not notice any of that because the city is famous for being cold 24-7. Hours went by, my dad and I still couldn't really sleep. The quilt was on my face and I had my eyes closed. After a few minutes, I heard the sound of a young boy saying, Baba. Baba means father. I took off the quilt and looked up to the wall in front of me. Surprisingly, even my dad got up. We looked at each other and I asked him if he had heard what I heard. And he said, yes. I went to the living room and asked my brother whether he called any of us, but he said no. My brother is four years older than me. So he has a deep voice, but the sound we heard was from a kid about six to seven years old. The sound was a whisper. It sounded as though the kid wanted to tell us something, but didn't want to wake anyone up. We were planning to stay for more nights, but decided to leave the next morning. I know this isn't one of the most haunted stories you've heard, but I just wanted to share something that I've experienced. Your show's amazing. Keep up the excellent work. Thanks. I think that's really interesting because it is in a colder climate. They couldn't sense that change in temperature with mm-hmm. something. That would be difficult. Mm-hmm. I never really thought of that. No. How, you know, especially like outdoors, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it, a lot of times people will, will say, oh, all of a sudden I felt, you know, the cold in a cemetery mm-hmm. or something if they're in a, you know, a generally temperate climate. Is that just like a, a great way or a great time for ghosts to come out and, <laughs> and, and kind of blend in? It's almost like camouflage. Yeah, I don't know. If you don't want to be seen? Show up when it's cold. Yeah, that could be. Or could you do the opposite? Could they have the opposite effect? Can they choose what their temperature is? Could you choose to be warm in a cold environment? Some people do talk about a feeling of warmth, but I don't mm-hmm. know if they mean that in the literal term or if they're talking like a warm, fuzzy feeling. Sure, like a psychological. Yes. Yeah, like grandpa's giving me a hug or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. I, a lot of times I think it's more so in a, a psychological sense, but I mean, I wouldn't rule anything out. Okay. That's the thing. Very interesting story. Ivan writes in, hi, Tony and Jenny. Hope you're having a great day. I'm hooked on the podcast. Started listening to you about a month and a half ago, and I've watched almost every podcast, and I finally got around to writing this. It's a little background. I'm 20 years old, not really a person that scares easily, but I was. I do believe in ghosts, although I anything strange happened to me. So here's my story. This happened about five years ago in a house which I lived in for 19 years of my life. I was playing games on my computer when my mom came into my room telling me she's going shopping. At that moment, I heard what she said, but I just did it just didn't register because it was, it was so into the game. But 45 minutes passed 
kind of hungry, so I go downstairs to ask my mom what's for lunch, totally forgetting she's still shopping. When going down the steps, I hear some shuffling in the back room. We didn't have a cat back then, and no one else was home. Still, it didn't pop in my head that she isn't home, so <laughs> as I'm going down the steps, I keep repeating, Mom? And Mom, what's for lunch? With no response. Finally, as I reach the final step, I remember, she isn't home. As I stop, I see a shadow move in that room, then a loud bang, which I immediately identified as the closet door slamming shut. Quickly, I got out of my house and waited for my mom on the porch. She came home 30 minutes later and asked me why I am sitting outside. I said what happened, and she just laughed, took me to the back room, to which I saw that the window was closed and there was a bunch of papers on the floor, which is why I was stunned on how it happened. Now, the creepiest thing that happened that day was the dream I had. This was the first time I experienced what I know is now called sleep paralysis. So, yeah, that day I went to sleep and woke up in the middle of the night. Well, I thought I woke up. My eyes were still closed and I saw someone through my eyelids like someone was waving right in front of my eyes. I opened my eyes immediately and there was a guy in front of me. He had a completely white face, like covered with a flower. Had a bald head, completely black eyes, almost looked like he... Hadn't slept for decades, little black horns and sharp teeth. He grinned at me and pulled out an old pocket watch. He pointed at it and said, you wanted this? Suddenly a sharp pain in my head, like someone threw a rock at it. Everything was spinning and my eyes shut abruptly. Then I woke up in my room, lying on my right side, looking at the same spot where he was, where I was looking directly in his black eyes. Thanks for reading my story. I have a couple more that are more recent. Take care. Okay. I think it's very <clears throat> much coincidental, which I don't believe in coincidence, okay. that the sleep paralysis happened the same day that the shuffling and, you know, all the noise in the back room. Mm -hmm. I think the two are definitely linked. And I think this is one of those cases where it's not just a case of sleep paralysis. There's a paranormal aspect to it. Sure. I would agree. I think there's some, as far as what that connection is, what the message is, I don't know. It doesn't sound very positive. No. But I think there was something in that house. I think so, too. Yeah. Speaking of sleep paralysis, there is a new documentary that is coming out. Uh, and it's from the guy uh, who did the uh, documentary on The Shining. It was called Room 237. I don't think we've ever seen that. Mm-mm. Um, I would like to, to watch that sometime. Um, but it's a documentary about sleep paralysis. It's called The Nightmare. And it's about the phenomena okay. of, of sleep paralysis and examining what it is. Is it something paranormal? Is it something completely natural? I mean, it gets into like clinical diagnosis and analysis of it with the Mayo Clinic. Okay. Which could be a really interesting take on this. It could be. It'd be interesting to see both sides and it follows... Several people who seem to have this happen to them quite often um, documents their, their stories. The trailer's out now on YouTube. I, I don't want to play it on the show because it'll get flagged for copyright content. But um, it, it's out there if you want to check it out. It looks really interesting. Um, just a, 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 Finally, an actual somewhat professional perspective on it, if you will. Okay. Not just, you know, analytical all the time on it, but it, it should be interesting. I don't know the exact date it's coming out, but um, I'm excited to check it out. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to throw that in there since we're just talking about sleep paralysis. I wanted to talk about it on the show anyhow, so just uh, it, 
it tied in quite nicely. <laughs> Happens, doesn't it? It does. It, I, I, I actually pulled that up at the beginning of the show going, at the end of the show, I'm going to talk about this. And then our last story just perfectly transitioned into it, and I didn't know what the story even was. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, should be uh, an interesting one to, uh, to check out sometime. And I don't know what that music was. <laughs> I pressed the wrong button there. We're having uh, Peanuts music for our new closing. It's uh, Charlie Brown is going to uh, close us out now. That's great. <laughs> there you go. That wraps up this episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, please help us keep it on the air. Become an EPP that's an extra podcast person. Sign up on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.